Our opening reading comes to us from the great 20th century Unitarian Universalist minister, theologian, and liturgist, Bob Weston. Out of the stars in their flight, out of the dust of eternity, here have we come, stardust and sunlight, mingling through time and through space. Out of the stars have we come up from time, out of the stars have we come. Time out of time, before time, in the vastness of space, earth spun to orbit the sun, earth with the thunder of mountains newborn, the boiling of seas. Earth warmed by sun, lit by sunlight, this is our home. Out of the stars have we come. Mystery, hidden in mystery, back through all time. Mystery rising from rocks in the storm and the sea. Out of the stars rising from rocks and the sea, kindled by sunlight on earth, arose life. Ponder this thing in your heart. Life up from sea, eyes to behold, throats to sing, mates to love. Life from the sea, warmed by sun, washed by rain, life from within, giving birth, rose to love. This is the wonder of time, this is the marvel of space. Out of the stars swung the earth, life upon earth rose to love. This is the marvel of life, rising to see and to know, out of your heart cry wonder, sing that we live, sing that we love. So our, our monthly theme for April is the concept of wholeness, wholeness. Wholeness as opposed to brokenness. Question, how, how do we find union in ourselves and our lives and our relationships so that we don't feel so alone, so isolated? It's true that this is a topic that has fascinated philosophers and poets, theologians and scientists alike for as long as there have been such people to gaze into the sky and wonder. Wonder about connection, about the nature of reality, the concept of the good, the concept of the self, what it means to be human, and ultimately what it means to be part of something bigger than oneself. Now many religions have creation myths, and many of these start with a single being, a god or goddess who brings creation into existence through an act of will or word or both. In the Jewish, Christian, and Muslim traditions, there is a single god that creates the world, you know, the one who banishes Adam and Eve and talks with Noah and Moses and Jesus and the prophet Muhammad the Abrahamic God, if you will. And though there are many gods in the Hindu, Greek, 
Norse and Wiccan pantheons, most, if not all, of these creation stories start with a single deity, a single source. In Norse mythology, it is Ymir, the terrible giant brought to life by the combination of ice melting into fire and the great void before creation who gives birth to the other gods and the world. In Egyptian mythology, it is Atom, or Ra, the sun god who looks upon the emptiness of the void and through magic creates his children, Shu, Air, and Tefnut, moisture. And it is from these two things that all life springs. In Hinduism, the creator god Brahma springs from a golden egg and creates good and evil and dark and light before populating the world with gods and people and animals. Yes, most, if not all, religions have a single spark at their beginning. But what I find fascinating is that contemporary science points almost directly to the same conclusion. This singular source of everything, spearheaded by the likes of Stephen Hawking last century, this theory states that in the beginning, there was no light, no matter, no mass, that all matter that ever was or ever shall be was contained in a single point, smaller than an atom, essentially without any size at all. An infinitely powerful point of energy, a singularity of everything. This would be the only existence prior to what we know as the Big Bang. At the magical moment, the moment of creation, this point of infinite energy and infinitesimal size exploded into everything, absolutely everything that exists. From this initial singularity comes the incredible diversity of matter and energy that makes up our universe. From the hydrogen churning in the belly of faraway stars to the carbon in the Earth's crust the calcium in our teeth and bones, the atoms that make up our world, the atoms that make us up, all have a common ancestral source. And just as energy is neither created nor destroyed, but simply changes form and substance, so too do we change, but are not lost. Or to use Weston's phrase, out of the stars have we come, and to the stars we shall eventually return. But the question remains, what is it that caused the Big Bang? What is that prime mover that tipped the balance of the cosmos towards something rather than nothing? Science has, of course, been unable to even scratch the surface of this question. The how of creation is amazingly described through scientific observational techniques I don't even begin to understand. I know that there are ways to observe the deepest reaches of space through powerful telescopes and circumstantial evidence, 
And I know that the oldest light we can observe from Earth originated about 14.7 billion years ago and sets the beginning point for the history of our universe. I trust the collective knowledge of our scientists because I cannot fathom a way I could start to determine for myself these truths. But the implications of the wisdom of the world's religions and contemporary astrophysics are astounding in the connections they imply. Because we are all made up of materials brought to life by distant stars, who in turn were once part of us, not only are we in the universe, the universe is in us. The atoms that make up the molecules, that make up the proteins, that make up the cells, that make up the tissues, that make up the organs, that make us up. These are all derived from the same source, the same stuff as distant and dying stars we see only as the faint pinpoints of light in an evening sky. Or as Unitarian Universalist scientist Carl Sagan was fond of saying, we are star stuff contemplating the stars. Now, there was a movie a few years back. I admit I don't watch a whole lot of movies these days, but a while ago there was a very sweet movie. I don't know if it was a great movie, but it's a sweet movie. It's called The Cape of Good Hope. It takes place in South Africa. There's a character whose name is Jean-Claude. A refugee from the recent war in the Congo, Jean-Claude is a trained astronomer who has lost his family and his friends in the genocide. And though he legally cannot be employed in South Africa in any professional position, he volunteers to help clean the local planetarium. And upon encountering a group of school children on a tour of the facility, Jean-Claude engages the kids on the nature of gravity. What is it that holds the moon in orbit around the Earth and the Earth around the sun, he asks. Gravity. One of the kids responds. Yes, the scientists call it gravity, but cannot explain how it works. But I will let you in on a secret. He kneels down amongst the children and they lean close to hear his gentle, quiet voice. The real secret of the universe, which keeps everything going, he pauses and smiles, is love. The moon stays in orbit because it loves the earth, a girl asks. Yes. Then the earth loves the sun, says another. Yes. Jean-Claude smiles even broader. Love. Love is what keeps the universe glued together. In our religious tradition, and many, many others for that matter, go even a step further than Jean-Claude does. We know, we know that the prime mover, that spark that set off the chain reaction of the Big Bang, that set everything into existence for the first time, was indeed love. Love, the potential of goodness, the potential of reality to be better than the alternative of the void. 
love that which started everything and as we universalists believe, to which everything must eventually return. We have in the astrophysical understanding of the universe a model of true universalism. We come from the same star stuff, we return to the same star stuff, we are neither created nor destroyed, we simply change form. And ultimately, we all began as and will return to love. I'm reminded by a couple pieces of the uh, great universalist teacher and theologian, Reverend David Bumbaugh, who writes, <clears throat> we believe, talking about contemporary Unitarian Universalists, we believe that the universe in which we live and move and have our being is the expression of an inexorable process that began in eons past, ages beyond our comprehension, and has evolved from singularity to multiplicity, from simplicity to complexity, from disorder to order. We believe that the earth and all who live upon the earth are products of the same process that swirled the galaxies into being that ignited the stars and orbited the planets through the night sky, that we are expressions of that universal process which has created and formed us out of recycled stardust. We believe that all living things are members of one community, all expressions of a planetary process that produced life and sustains it in intricate ways beyond our knowing. We hold the life process itself to be sacred. We believe that the universe outside of us and the universe within us is one universe. Because that is so, our efforts, our dreams, our hopes, our ambitions are the dreams, hopes, and ambitions of the universe itself. We believe that all that functions to divide us from each other and from the community of living things is to be resisted in the name of that larger vision of a world everywhere alive, everywhere seeking to incarnate a deep, implicate process that calls us into being, that sustains us in being, that transforms us as we cannot transform ourselves that receives us back to itself when life has used us up. Not knowing the end of that process, nonetheless, we trust it, we rest in it, and we serve it. Reverend Bombach concludes, this, this is the unity of love that binds us together despite time and death and the space between the stars. Now many religions seek to provide comfort for the human understanding of insecurity, loss, death, which we all experience and will all ultimately undergo. Models of reincarnation or life after death, of enlightenment, all of these point to our universalist truth as described by not only the theologians looking to scripture, but also the scientists peering into the darkest, most remote areas of space and time. 
Though we die, existence itself is a gift of love. In our ultimate transition away from this experience, do we return to love. Out of the stars have we come, to the stars we shall return. Stardust to stardust, cosmos inside as well as outside. We are the microcosm within the macrocosm, and so on. And though each one of us is in one sense the mere reflection on the bubble, on the surface of the water, at the edge of an eddy in a cosmic stream, we are also the bubble and the water and the stream itself, never ending, always changing, yet remaining ever constant. If we can remember this, and also the love which permeates our creation, then we truly will never be separate, always united, despite time and death and the space between the stars. Let us therefore ponder our place in the universe and the universe's place within us, gazing at the night sky from which we came and feel forever connected and feel forever whole. May it be so. Blessed be and amen.